welcome to Inside the Verse. If everything worked so far, then we're live. Um, I hope. Uh, since I can see us here, I'm assuming that people will be able to see us on the Twitch. Yep, yeah, they can. So uh, before we get started, let's do the intro because I hate myself. Um, Welcome to Inside the Verse, the running of which couldn't be worse. We type quite a lot, but without much thought, our words, they just tumble right out. Now let me introduce our guests. I'm David, I'm not quite the best at reading or writing or publicly talking, but hey, there's nobody else. Now Shiver, he's really a bro. He runs more than you'll ever know. He's got his wee fingers in everyone's plans, but he's good, so we don't give a damn. Next we have Space Pope. He's commonly known, though Nakar's his more familiar pronoun. He started this website, so really this show is his fault more than you'll ever know. And last but not least, our guest this week, Goat Soup, is incredibly sweet. He's making a game for children to play, though, to be honest, I like it as well. Welcome to Inside the Verse. Hey. Very good. That was, uh, <laughs> that sure was something. Yes, it was something. Everything in Inside the Verse is something. Something. Yes. yes. We have a lot of something. Uh, Hellcat, I did press record. <laughs> Aha. Aha. I got it this week. Um, yes, so, as I said, we've got uh, Shiver, Nakara, Goat Soup, also known as Michael Sheen, and myself. Um, we're going to stop, start, stop, we're going to stop first um, by talking stop to... Let's start. Yeah. Uh, let's start. So, we're going to stop. Show's over. Yeah, show's over. Bye, everyone. Oh, that was later. good. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being on. Um we're gonna start. We're gonna start this week on Inside the Verse. We're starting off with. Uh, I told you we were professional, right, Michael? Yeah. Professional. <laughs> so uh, this is what professional looks like. Clearly, I just need more beer. Um, yes. We're going to start by talking to Michael. Now, you you have no video, so we've just got a cup of you, um, or a picture of you <coughs> on some cups of coffee. Not a cup of coffee on you, some pictures, but... That is my life. Caffeinated. <laughs> I have no blood anymore. It's all been replaced. So, uh... With some random caffeinated syrup. <laughs> there, is, there is a reason we have you on uh, this podcast. Do you want to Do you want to tell people about it and talk a little bit about it? Yeah, so um, some of you who are on INN may know me as someone who writes uh, the occasional piece of fiction for the website, and also a, uh, I'm also a published science fiction author. But um, I, uh, for the last seven, eight, nine months, I have been working with a team of people to uh, develop our uh, first video game, and uh, that company is called Pixel Constructor, pixelconstructor.com, dude, dude. Anyway, um, we're creating uh, a game called Grumpy Witch, Amelia's Revenge, which is a um, 2D platformer, or 2.5D really, has a, has a layout more like a brawler than a standard platformer. But uh, it takes the best elements of, uh, ga- of uh, games like you know, Mario Brothers and other, and uh, the Shantae series and things like that, and combines them with a sense of humor of uh, Terry Pratchett and uh, similar authors and uh, has a very nice illustrated art style as opposed to the uh <clears throat> the uh prevalent uh themes of the day you know 8 bit that kind of thing yeah it's it's uh 
It's pretty. I have posted a link in the Twitch chat to the Indiegogo for anyone that wants to check it out, which I um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I recommend you do. Um. So uh, where so Grumpy Witch? I'm actually going to throw up a little bit of a video. It's just from the YouTube, and this might break everything. I'm going to try. I apologize if it if it screws everything up. But uh, while people watch a tiny bit of the gameplay from YouTube, uh, why don't you tell? everyone where uh, where the idea for it actually you know came from well i like uh i like terry pratchett and i like kiki's delivery service and other and and anime and and uh video games but uh, the original idea came from uh <clears throat> the original idea came from a game called cotton which was uh from the from the early 1990s it was a side scroller a little witch on a broom shooting people in the face being ridiculous and uh, then we, I always wanted to make a game, something similar to that, which is funny because my fiction is actually incredible. Incredibly uh, dark. After this, incredibly dark. You've read it. So you I, know I have about. read it. It's, it's messed up and dark. Uh, you scare me, sir, by the way. <laughs> just, just so you know. <laughs> and so, David's dark already. So after so. My, uh, yeah, so after my first, well, you know, you've seen some of my fiction, some of the fiction I've written for INN is similarly sort of dark, yes. like, uh, no, we are the dead, etc. Yeah. But, um, no, uh, after my first son was born, I decided that, uh, I re- came to realize that, uh, I'm not going to be able to, and nothing that I've made as an artist is going to be visible to him until he's like well into his teens. So I, I, uh, decided that, uh, I would do something that, uh, was not <laughs> dark like my books and, Will actually allow me to stretch my very sarcastic sense of humor and include video games, which I love. And so that's uh, how this got started. It was originally supposed to be a hobby project, but because my ambition knows no bounds, it turned into a company. And now we have 20 people working on various things. And Amelia Saga, or excuse me, Amelia Saga was the old title. Uh, Grumpy Witch is the, uh, the result. Cool. Uh, so I'm going to stop that playing and turn that off there. That was a little uh, taste of it. Um, yeah. Uh, how long How so, long have you guys been working on it? You've, got a, you've said you've got a team of around 20, right? So how long? Uh, oh, well, we only, we've only had, a, we have only had a, that big of a team for the last just a couple of months. And to be, you know, full disclosure, um, these folks have been, uh, you know, we're all, we're all kind of a confederation of contractors at the moment. That's how we're able to actually get the work done while right. keeping costs down, you know, down low. Uh, that's, uh, so we're all from all over the country and, uh, some people have worked on us from other parts of the world as well. We have some folks in Germany. We did have somebody in the Virgin Islands for a while and stuff like that. And, um, <clears throat> we, uh, we all work together in a distributed format and that, keeps the overhead incredibly low. make sure that uh, we communicate with each other real time, constantly. We don't have to be in the same office. Everybody can do their own thing as well. But uh, we're very coordinated and very focused. And so originally it started with just a few people and uh, that were all very new to video games. And over the last year, we've pulled in some very experienced talent that really have only gotten to really start working on the whole thing in the last five months something like that okay um so i i I know the answer to this but uh you've got some like 
actually semi-significant people on the team. You've got people on the team, as yeah. it says in the Indiegogo, that have worked on, uh, well, some pretty cool stuff. Right. Yeah, we've, we've got, uh, well, we've got, uh, Jen Williamson is our director. Uh, she worked, uh, the EA and worked with Pandemic for years and years. Uh, Michael Lyons, one of our, our design, one of our designers has, uh, worked, worked with the same companies, uh, worked on games like Saboteur, uh, oh God, Might and Magic. Uh, jeez, so many games. I can't think about it. Uh, we have, um, Jeff Luke, who worked, who uh, is, worked with, uh, he worked with Way Forward on uh, Shantae and the Pirates Curse. He's doing, he's bringing a lot of uh, his two D experience to this. Uh, oh, geez, Lisa Farina, who has worked on practically every Might and Magic title known to man, and has uh, done a lot of work in the uh, in uh, uh, portable games and stuff like that. Since then, uh, we we do have some really fantastic fantastic people and uh we have a lot of people that are just starting out and that are equally talented i mean uh, the music uh, t- uh tim sheehy who is our composer you know he's worked with indie games before but this will be uh if i recall correctly this will be the first time that uh, he's had a you know carte blanche over the musical direction of the game and uh it's just uh we're really blessed awesome. and uh it's taken time for us to get the word out and for the project to get out but uh now that people are starting to hear about it, they're really interested in working with us. Good. Um, now, <laughs> I, I did. I did post the uh, the indie, like the the funding link up there. So if anyone huh? in, in the chat wants to take a look at that, uh, I recommend funding it because, well, one, we're all here because of Star Citizen, which, as we know, is incredibly fa- crowdfunded. So I trust crowdfunding, mm-hmm. and That's I true. I trust you guys because you've actually got a playable demo already, which is nice. I see that's that's important. Yeah, that's the thing that because I I knew when we would uh, when we put up our our numbers, uh, people would be wondering, you you know, why the hell do they want so much? Which really, as far as games actually go, it's not much at all. But uh, we wanted to try and do as much as we could with uh, with personal funding. I funded a great deal of this myself uh, through through uh, savings and. you know, money that I made through you know, through my books and that kind of thing, and uh, also you know we've had some minor investors, but nobody who wanted actually wanted their hands on anything, so it wouldn't change, so it doesn't change the direction of the game. Right. So the um, the thing that we ran into uh, early on, especially with games like Mighty Number no. Nine and and uh, some other some other projects, is that uh, people were asking for all this money and they just had some videos or whatever so we wanted to make sure that while the demo that we would produce would be very in a very rough alpha state however quote-unquote polished it would be for an alpha we wanted to make sure that people actually had something to play with and be able to actually you know see that work has been done and money has been spent before we asked for anybody else's and uh that there was in fact uh core gameplay already there now the gameplay isn't finished obviously and we're still working on it. it is very much in an alpha state but we're at a point where the money that we could raise through crowdfunding and then any additional money that we would raise uh, past that uh really is just meant to create you know finish the, the the base structure and then add content 
Right. I mean, the game, the core of the game as it is, you know, rough, untuned as it is currently, is already done. We wanted to make sure that we had that that foundation, you know, complete before we move forward. Right. Well, uh, thanks for being on the the cast today. We're going to move on to some Star Citizen stuff now. But uh, again, I recommend everyone check out uh, Grumpy Witch because it's... uh, yeah, I like it. I've played through the demo twice now. I played through an older version and the newer version, and it's it's pretty good. So, and that's the thing, real quick, before we, if you don't, yeah, yeah. go ahead, don't mind. Uh, I know it's it looks. People have talked about the aesthetic being very, uh, uh, very child oriented or quote unquote girly or whatever. But really, it's for anybody who likes humor or anime or anything else. So, yeah, yeah, give it a shot. Let me, uh, and uh, you can always find me on the. Uh, Star Citizen subreddit. I am Goat Soup. If you have any questions, feel free to poke me with it, and I'll be glad to answer any questions you might have. Sounds good. Okay, now, uh, Nakara, would you like to... Uh, I think we're going to touch on some Star Citizen topics in a, in a minute, but do you want to uh, do some edutainment, an, an edutainment section with Nakara? Uh, sounds good to me. Okay. Um, um, it's going to be done a, a tiny bit we're going all out budget on this uh, today, by the way. So uh, I'm basically going to do it the same way as I put up that um, Deal. The, the YouTube video. So uh, tell me when to go and I'll start going <laughs> through this. <laughs> Just leave me alone. <laughs> no, that's no fun if I leave you alone. Okay. okay. Entertain. Um, go. So I decided to talk about the uh, International Astronautical Congress, which happened on the last week in Guadalajara, Mexico. It's a yearly conference where basically the entire space industry gets together to talk about what they're doing. Um, obviously, the big thing was was uh, Nuller wants me to talk about Rosetta, but I ha- that's not my topic for today. Um, maybe next week. Um, but, uh, my topic for this week is a few things from the International uh, Astronautical Congress or IEC, which is way easier to say. Uh, <laughs> so on, um, on September 27th, uh, Elon Musk had a, had a talk at, um, IEC where he outlined SpaceX's plans for, uh, for Mars colonization. They, uh, <laughs> This is failing badly, by the way. <laughs> this is amazing. I love it. Here, uh, no education. Education. Continue talking about edutainment. I'm gonna. I, I'm just. No, I'm just gonna sit here and laugh at what you're doing. Thanks. Um. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, Elon Musk had a talk on September 27th, where he uh, he outlined SpaceX's plans for the future for uh, for Mars colonization. Now. Um, this centered around a new rocket and spacecraft, um, the entire uh, assembly of which is called the inter- uh, sorry, the Interplanetary Transport System, or ITS. Um, the ITS is gigantic. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, the rocket portion is... Larger than the Saturn V, which is the largest rocket that's ever been built. Saturn V was used for the Apollo missions to the moon. Um, the ITS rocket is uh, 
has 42, love the number, uh, Raptor engines. The new Raptor engine is, that's being developed is a methane engine. The reason they're using methane is because methane can be produced not only on Mars, but actually pretty much anywhere in the solar system. It's it's pretty simple molecule. It's not that difficult to make. Um, and so if you can make the fuel anywhere in the solar system, it's easy to refuel this rocket and go pretty much, or the refuel the spacecraft and go pretty much anywhere. Um, so... The idea behind this is to have a spacecraft that can not only go to Mars, but can bring a lot of cargo or a lot of people. Um, in terms of cargo, if it is refueled in orbit and the cargo is transferred in orbit, it can actually deliver up to 450 tons of cargo to the surface of Mars. So this would obviously allow us to bring gigantic things like um, habitats and the makings for factories and other things that are going to be required if you want to actually have a colony. Um, the ITS is kind of an interesting rocket too because the rocket itself is only slightly larger than the Saturn V. It's about, it's about 120% the size. Um, but its capabilities are roughly three to four times what the Saturn V had. Um, this is due to 40 years of improvements in propulsion technology. A lot of existing companies haven't really taken advantage of these, but SpaceX has always been pushing the uh, pushing the envelope. Uh, one of these one of these big advancements is uh, carbon fiber uh, in pretty much everything. Uh, the body of the rocket will be carbon fiber. The tanks will be carbon fiber trying to get a little, rid of a lot of metal because metal is heavy. One of the uh, really interesting things about the ITS, and I'm saying this just because I saw the Saturn picture get posted, um, is because this spacecraft will be able to go to Mars and then take off from Mars, um, it can actually go pretty much anywhere in the solar system as long as it has a way to produce fuel. Um, or so once we have fueling stations scattered throughout the solar system, it could hop and jump around the entire solar system with people on board. So it would open up the entire, the entire solar system to exploration by humans. Um, in terms of actually populating, uh, Mars at first, it will have a maximum capacity of about a hundred people. But they actually plan to increase this over time to hopefully 200. And uh, taking people 100 or 200 at a time is is a lot better than most of the other proposals that have existed, which are usually four or five people. Um, and if you start going four or five people, it takes you a really long time to get to a meaningful number. Um, the way the actual system will work is it will launch from the Earth with the actual spacecraft on top. Once the spacecraft is in orbit, in low Earth orbit, the rocket part will land again. It will have a have a tanker attached to the top of it, and it will launch. Um, once more, that tanker will go into orbit and mate up with the spacecraft and refuel it. Uh, that refueling process will have to take place between three and five times before the, before it takes off for, um, before it takes off for Mars. 
Um, this because it's refueled in orbit, that actually allows the trip time to Mars to be quite short. It's only going to be about ninety days, roughly. Um, this eliminates a or, or reduces a lot of the risk to the people on board. Um, long long interplanetary space flight is not exactly safe, so the faster you can get there, the better. Um, is this um, is this this shuttle that's also going to contain the water within the structure to help absorb the radiation, or was that another one? No, that was a, it's always been a thought, but um, essentially the idea with this spacecraft is that their way of protecting people from radiation is to get there really quickly. Um, a lot of the other thoughts were for like nine month trips where so that's three times as long. So they would line the interior walls with water so that it could protect them against radiation. It sounds like they're not going that direction. Um, and water Elon, is quite heavy. It is. You're going to have to have it on board regardless because you have people, mm. but, um, but, uh, Elon Musk said that basically they don't think it's going to be a huge deal with a, with a three month travel time unless you get hit by a solar flare, in which case they are going to have to have some emergency procedures for that. No um, he wants people ready to die. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. You're going to Mars. You got to be ready. I'm sorry, but it's... honestly, in terms of the risks, I mean, Really, there's no way to completely eliminate risk in this kind of endeavor. It's very much like the first people who came across the Atlantic to settle um, North America. Most of them died. I mean, it's a sad way to put it, but that's, you know... That's history. It's the way things have gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very likely that it's... making significant... a crack, but it's, no, no, it's no, very no, exciting. I, I mean, you're, you're making a crack, but it's very, a totally legit thing. I mean, people are going to die. Um... It's it's one of those things. If you if you try and completely eliminate the risk down to the point where nobody can possibly get hurt, it'll never happen. I, I find it so. interesting that we're talking about oh my god, people might die in space exploration, where we kind of ignore that people die in things like war all the time, right? Like or car accidents. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> you know it's because it's all think- part of the plan, Eris. <laughs> Oh god. Okay, that's it. All right. I'm cutting no. you off, Shiver. <laughs> Shiver's Shiver's mic has been disabled. Um So, you know, I talk a lot about SpaceX and you guys are probably a little bit sick of that. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, something else for a minute. I'm not sure if you saw in those images, but there was one image that showed a Blue Origin rocket. Uh Blue Origin has the little tiny new Shepard rocket currently. Um and uh, they recently announced a rocket called the New Glenn, which is named after John Glenn. Um, the New Glenn will be very large rocket, but not to the size of something like the ITS. But it will be bigger than the Falcon Heavy. It will be just uh, a little bit smaller than the Saturn V. Um, pretty impressive capability. It will be able to do a lot. Um even cl- including go to Mars and go to uh, and go to the Moon, um, especially the street the three stage version. It will also be a reusable rocket. Uh, 
one thing that a lot of people are a little bit skittish about is that Blue Origin does not have an orbital rocket yet. So for them to go directly from not having an orbital rocket to having something like the new Glenn, which is a gigantic orbital rocket, is a little fast. However, they also have unlimited funding, so it's kind of, it's likely they'll eventually get there. Uh, their founder is Jeff Bezos, who's one of the owners of, uh, or one of the founders of Amazon. So he's worth $66 billion. <laughs> Only? <That's, laughs> and, I don't know. <laughs> and has basically unlimited funds. Um, Blue Origin has also already announced another rocket called the New Armstrong, which will be around the same size, named after Neil Armstrong, um, which will be about the same size as the ITS rocket from uh, SpaceX. But they're not; they're looking very long term, as in several decades before they get there. Um, but I just wanted to point that out because it is—it's cool that there are other players in this field as well. There are other large reusable rockets being constructed. Um, and I think that that's, that's definitely the way we need to be going. Uh, the last point I wanted to make was that it's kind of an interesting footnote for the IAC. And that was that, um, the United Nations actually had an announcement at the IAC that they will be forming their own space agency and their, they will launch their first mission in 2021. Hmm. Um, the idea behind the UNOOSA, which is the UN's Office of Outer Space Affairs, they're a space agency, um, is to give developing nations that don't have a space program the ability to launch payloads into outer space. They will be using the Sierra Nevada Corporation's Dream Chaser spacecraft, which I, which is also in one of those images. Um, it looks a lot like a little space shuttle. Um, and, uh, it's just kind of an interesting mission, especially for those of you who have paid attention to, uh, science fiction over the years, because a lot of science fiction has begun with, uh, the UN having their own space agency, then forming something like the United Federation of Planets and Star Trek. Um, speak English anyway. What? No, no one. Ugh. Carry on. It's a reference to a okay. song. Nope. Um. What's so? What anyway, is song? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm gonna wrap up here. I don't want to drone on too long, but I just wanted to mention there's a lot of really cool stuff coming up in space exploration. Um. In terms, uh, touch on quickly the SpaceX investigation. Uh, not really entirely sure what's going on with it in terms of the recent explosion. Um, they know what happened now. Uh, a helium tank ruptured, and that's why the the rocket exploded. But they don't know why the helium tank ruptured, so they're sort of, kind of, still trying to figure a that out. A wizard did it. A wizard did it. <laughs> Actually. There's an interesting article out today that was that was querying sabotage, but I think that's probably pretty far fetched. Russians, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, regardless, there is kind of it's kind of an interesting note that even though the investigation isn't complete, SpaceX has already been has already planned to launch their next rocket on November seventeenth. 
um, which is their next uh, NASA mission to the International Space Station. Um, Persistence is the successful man. Yep. Yeah, I I have a sneaking suspicion that they whatever caused the problem, they seem to not think it's going to happen again um, because they're even before the investigation is complete, they're planning to fly again. Um, so yeah, their next mission will launch November 17th from pad 39A at Cape Canaveral. Okay. So let's move on to a tiny bit of uh, star citizen before we move to the question period. Uh, cause I guess star citizen is what this is supposed to be about or something. Um, yeah, what? I don't know. Uh, so this week there were <coughs> two, two, well, I don't really want to talk about one of the things that happened a lot this week, because that would take us the rest of this podcast. And I don't want to talk about it either. So yeah, so we're we're just going to move right on to um, uh, the flight model changes. Now we've in around the verse and reverse the verse this week, they detailed a lot about the upcoming flight model changes. They're reducing the speed of the ships and they're also reducing the range on the guns for a lot of ships. Now I'm pretty sure all three of you play more arena commander than I do because I basically don't play it. And I freely admit that. Uh, I'm a universe guy. Yeah. You you still play, you at least play in the universe. I don't even play in the universe, not until 2.6 and I can shoot things. Um, What do you guys think about the proposed changes? Like, the the slowing down of the ships and the uh, reducing some of the ranges on guns. Shiver? I think it's a really good thing, to be honest with you. It's um, on paper, so to speak. I'm picturing in my mind the old Wing Commander kind of dogfights where things were close up. You could see the detail on the ship, and you want to be able to see the details on these ships. They've put a lot of time and effort into them, so having dogfights a bit more visceral, a bit closer in my opinion, is a good thing. And, you know, I've flown a Gladius, for instance, and loved the hell out of it, but it's too damn fast. You know, it spins on its dime and you pass out, and you don't really want that in a military craft. Yeah, I I agree. There's a current issue where a lot of times when you're shooting a ship, you can't even really see it. It's just sort of this little dot out there, you know. Um, and I think bringing things in much closer and making it also making it easier to control because a lot of times you overshoot things and you are sliding around so much you slam in asteroids. Um, and it's also not- notable that they are not changing the the thresholds for blackout and redout. So as we slow down, blackouts and redouts will happen le- happen less often. Um, no, I, I like the changes overall. Uh, one change that kind of annoys me is that they are apparently going to slow missiles as well, but because I actually I find missiles are pretty useless right now. Um, so it would be nice if so, they got helped a little bit. What do you think, Michael? So wait, wait, they're slowing missiles down. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, they they might be. They still that's one of the changes that they haven't tested yet, but they think they're going to do. Already it. slow itself up, aren't they? Yep. So what's? I think the idea. I think the idea is if the ships are much slower, then missiles need to slow down a little bit. I just want them to actually make it to targets. That make me. Yeah. 
That's yeah. a, that's the current problem. Is they're useless. They they hardly ever hit. Now, do you think dog fights will slow down because of of the reduced ship speeds, or will they just take place in a smaller area? I think that they'll take place in a smaller area, and I actually think they might be faster because you'll be able to actually aim at different parts of the ship easier. Dog fighting is um, yeah, but what about it's it is going to get slower because we've still got to wait for more shields to come in and the entire armor system to come in. So Michael? it's going to yeah. My concern is uh, while while they are going to be making the uh, we're making dog fights a much more brutal up close affair, uh, which fits the one for anyway this World War Two style aesthetic. Uh, my design aesthetic. My concern is that we're going to see a return to the kind of um, skating and jousting that we had in previous incarnations, you know, especially in, especially in uh, uh, Arena Command. But I, I do worry that we're going to have people just circling each other the entire time. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I guess they want to try and get people to do more combat maneuvers and that kind of thing. But I mean, I mean... Range, it seemed to me that the current ranges kind of allow people to do more in the way of maneuvering and that sort of thing. And if we're going to shove each other up close, it's going to end up, I worry that it's going to end up being like a, like a high school slap fight. You know, two bros rolling around on the ground, sweaty ball punching until they pass out or get broken up with the principal, that kind of thing. One of the things I think is, is a good aspect of this system is the idea that it's also going to add a tiny bit more variety in the weapons. Now, cannons will be longer range. They'll probably keep this, the current ranges that they have. So you can hit people with cannons from far away. Gatling guns, which shoot ridiculously fast, those are going to be a shorter range thing. So right, you, right, right. you might start actually seeing different like different gameplay styles, right? Like you've got a bunch of people who go in with Gatling guns and want to be right close up. Or you've got people that want to be further out. So, I want artillery. Hey, if that's yeah. how it's going to be, that's great. <laughs> I, I don't know. If I mean, if it's going to be more like a knife way. fight, I'll be happy with that. But uh, I just don't. I, I don't see. I see the intent. I don't know if the players are going to you know play ball. So I, yeah, we'll have to which see is how kind it goes. Of, all hinges on. Yeah, it I've is seen... going to change. It's going to change everything. Like when two point six launches, these changes are going to be in it. And they'll be in it for Arena Commander and the the Persistent Universe. So we'll be able to try it in all kinds of new new ways. And as we all know, it's still an alpha. So if it doesn't work, they will change it back. But I'm glad that they're trying it, is my take on it, I guess. No, I look, saw David, a couple of if I can't hijack this whole damn thing and turn it into a giant verbal concern thread, I am <laughs> just not going to get involved, okay? Uh, what? I did nothing of the sort. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, another thing we saw this week, just because we've got a few minutes before we'll go to questions, was, uh, the scanning mechanic. The new scanning mechanic. Now, right after they released Around the Verse, lots of people were complaining about the golf swing. It's, it's like a, have you guys all seen it? Hmm. The, Mm -hmm. UI animation. It's like a golf swing mechanic for, for single the city. <laughs> what what do you guys think about the the scanning mechanic that they showed? 
Thank God sure. it's only placeholder for now. Um, yeah, people and uh, yeah. yeah. Eric, you go. Sorry. Nope, I'm disagreeing with you. Oh, okay. I I think <laughs> it's more at the moment what we what they're showing there is we just need an interface for you to be able to use this scanning mechanic, and this is the quickest, dirtiest, simplest way that they can just get something in for now for you to test just the scanning. That's what matters. How you go about the scanning, then they can iterate on that once they've got scanning down to a level they're happy with. Yeah, that's what I think too. Uh, At least I hope anyway, because it's not a great mechanic to start off with. Unless you're actually playing golf. I I think that I think that it's a good mechanic for a single seat ship, um, because you can't really do that much with it. Like it, it needs to be really simple. And a single sheep ship, I really, really hope that it's a, <laughs> a single, single sheep ship. Yeah, a single sheep ship. Shit. Uh, I really hope that it's a bit, well, a, a lot more detailed in, uh, like in multi crew ships. And yeah, the video is frozen again. I don't know why it's doing this. It just is freezing occasionally. I'm sorry. The, re- the recording my, will be fine, though, won't it? It Yes, the recording will be fine. Well, no, actually, it won't, because it's frozen on OBS. Uh, and Michael Sheen's call keeps dropping as well. It's uh, I don't know what's happening. Something something about the internet right now is just not... The internet has vanished. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm a, I'm sorry. I I did mention at the very beginning that this episode would be much more budget than usual. Uh, it really is much more budget than usual. This is just I don't know what's going on. The the, the audio is absolutely sublime, perfect. Good, because you know what, this started as an audio podcast, so as long <laughs> as you've got the audio covered, I don't care. <laughs> Well, welcome to Eris, two beers in. Four. Four. Four beers in, four beers in, nice. I got bored. It's a weekend, why not? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're bored, drink beer. This message from INN. Yes, when you're bored, drink beer. Uh, with that, uh, I... Michael Sheen is gone, but uh, we're going to move on to questions anyway oh that messes with the video oh god i gotta do something about that uh we'd like to take the chance to apologize for apologizing but we apologize for apologizing so much most of us here except me a canadian we apologize if this causes any inconvenience this is now this is now basically a canadian cast um i should put up like did you see the game last night eh? yeah i saw the game last night eh uh, anyway, let's move That's on to questions because people people can ask us questions without there being video. So, yeah. throw us your questions. We're going to answer them. Um, yeah, I I got a question while we wait. What's that? What are both of you looking forward to um, in CitizenCon most of all? I'm looking forward to hanging out with Nakara again. God damn these polite yeah. people. Okay. Yeah, about, I, I think what, I think uh, hanging out with all my friends. What in the presentation are you two looking forward to most? Mm. Presentation. Um, so 
in the presentation, I think I'm actually looking forward to the V2, the procedural planets the most. And the reason for that is, and like I know Squadron 42 is like super important and I'm excited for it, but the persisting universe is really what I'm here for in the long run. And uh, obviously this V2 of uh, procedural planets is huge with the biomes and the trees and the you know flora and fauna and so on and so forth. Um, so that's a big thing I'm excited for. Shiver, what are you excited for? Uh, oh, yeah, we can say it now. The Polaris. There was a brief audio cutout at this moment due to Skype. We apologize for any technical difficulties and resume the stream straight away. Hello? Hello. Hello? Hey. Piss oh. and blood. My internet died. But now I'm Yeah, back. mine did too for a second there. Oh, all right. Uh, Nakara is not... Oh, wait. Is there Nakara yet? There's a Nakara. Okay, God, let me sort these things out again. Oh, what's going on? Okay, then maybe there was just a general network outage then. I don't know. That was weird. It just... It it just... Like, Skype just dropped everything. Yeah, Um, sure did. Sorry about that. I lost the internet entirely. Yeah, you lost connection for a while. Skype just has come back for me uh let's let's sort these out again uh we're on to questions so all right uh right now we're talking about what were we talking about what you were looking um, forward to most right. in the presentation that's it what you're con. looking forward to most at citizen con everything. so everything everything i never got everything. to hear shiver's answer yeah shiver what were you looking forward to most it's tough call between seeing Squadron 42 mission or the Polaris, but the Polaris is going to break my wallet. Mm. But it's still a tough I call. Still, I still expect we're going to get a uh, a release date for Squadron 42, and that's what I'm looking forward to most. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. It's going to be interesting. But that's what I'm looking forward to most. I mean, if they're ever going to give a release date, this is the time to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> Um, I, unless it, unless it's going to be like after next year's Citizen Con. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to take that long to get out. No. I, they're working. They're, there's too much work being done, but still. Yeah. Actually, I want to try and ask everyone right now. What are your predictions for like a, a window of time that it will be launched in? Shiver? I think latest March next year. Michael? I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Latest. I mean, if, if assuming that well, assuming that they have a whole lot of things that they haven't even shown us yet, I mean, we'll see. We'll see this week, but uh, or next week. But I, I, I would agree. Spring. Nakara, um, I'm thinking the first half of 2017. I still bet three months, December. But uh, really, yeah. I think I think within the next six to eight months, Squadron 42 will launch. So. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for three months, to be honest. Uh, two, three months. It's it's possible. I suppose, yeah. I, I, Doubtful, but possible. And they like to hide things, and then they I spring, think it's, spring hmm. it on us. So. The problem, there, there's an issue with the whole thing. I'm fairly certain that 2.6 is their testing ground for the combat in Squadron 42. 
Um, which is why they're ref- doing so much refinement on uh, Star Marine, the FPS, and the space combat. Um, but, you know, we're not going to get a released 2.6 until what looks like probably the end of October. Um, it's going to need some time for refinement. I think they're going to pull a fast one for 2.6. I don't it's think at, so. I think it's at the Evil Cotty now. And at Citizen Con, they're just going to be like, bam. You um, always oh, think oh, that, oh. though. I do. I do. I'm always it never optimistic. happens. Yeah, they're well, always like, they're hey. always like, yeah, we're busy. We're busy at Citizen Con. We can't release something right now. Stranger Things. So, uh, <laughs> so Zeus Anoxia asks, should CIG sell head scans to backers? What? You gonna head go to England and get it done, or go go? Sh- way back when the um, the stretch goal was announced for their own in-house. Uh, head scanning stuff they actually talked about the ability to bring it to backer events and scan backer heads into the game the, they... um, unfortunately the rig that they use now is way different yeah. from the one they were talking about the one they were talking about then was a little rig now yes. the one they use is like hundreds of cameras but should they allow backers to let's say they set it up in la should they allow backers to pay to get their heads put into the game yeah, sure, whatever, whatever. I uh, that's fine. If they, if people have to go there to do it, that's fine. I think that it's a good i it's a good idea in theory, but it does depend on the amount of resources required beyond a quote unquote cost. I mean, you know, we're, it really is going to depend on how much it actually costs to get that done. And then again, what uh, you know, what level of detail are we looking at? Because they talk about how much work it takes to get uh, get a what is a stage head or a, or a hero head. You know, how much how much work is that going to be? Are they going to have to spin off yet another uh, unit just to focus on those on those assets? You know, so I I like it in theory, but I wonder if it's just, if it's going to be way too resource intensive to make it happen, especially with as many uh, dedicated. Uh, citizens as we have. It's not like, you know, it's not like we have a lot of casual people. <laughs> what We're totally casual here. What are you talking about? We're totally casual. We're like, we barely even love the game, man. Like, we don't even, what What, what are you talking about? I don't know. What? 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, next question from Paycation. How much will the Polaris cost? About a thousand dollars. Why do uh, why do vacation things happen to Polaris people? What? Vacation is what I'm talking about. Oh. Okay. Um, Rivals eighty four asks, what role or sub roles do you think the Polaris will be able to do? I think everyone's really in love with the Polaris right now. General <sighs> combat, well, general purpose like combat, maybe? I can't see well, it being a... The important questions, can we turn it into a pocket carrier? I was going to say, it's oh, not going to be a pocket God. carrier. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Would you know, you... my question is how big is it going to be as a, as a Corvette? Because if it's a Corvette, and we, we're, we're, I think we remember correctly, the jump is supposed to be roughly Corvette-sized. And it can carry troops as I mean, not troops. They can carry uh, small craft as well. So, you know, potentially, 
How big is it going to be? Do you think? At least the size bigger than a bread box. At least the size of a jump. Size of the old Idris, um, probably. I think it'll probably be a little bit smaller than the old Idris, and I don't think, I don't think it'll have any have many or any uh, ships on board. But I think it'll be bristling with guns, and it'll be very fast. Yeah, no, I'm thinking more of a picket ship than anything else. Question: Who makes it? Do we know? Uh, it's a RSI. RSI. It's RSI, right? Yeah. Now, if you look at the other RSI ships in the line, you've got what Aurora, Connie, kind of Idris. All of those do like aside from the Aurora, the Connie and the Idris do have extra ships. So I imagine there will be some kind of a scout ship or something on it that, that is launchable. Snubs. Yeah. Like a drop rack or something like that. Yeah, or or like or something like the Carrick, where it has an exploration ship. It'll have a combat ship instead, or something. But I I imagine there will be something. I don't imagine it'll be able to hold like three hornets, but I imagine it'll still have something it can launch. I actually I actually think it would be interesting if we did see them do more with the uh, with the with uh, combat snubs, like. Uh, even if I'm not talking about creating a specific snub just for that, because God knows all we need is more ships before launch. But uh, I would like to see them have more uh, have, have drop racks where people can just jump in and do local, either local defense, local escort, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or uh, for um, customs duty, because that's really what I'm getting off of this. This thing is that it's a picket ship and it can be used for security and boarding and that kind of thing as much as it can be used for fighting uh, large amounts of small fighters, because it's not meant to go toe-to-toe with larger ships, if I recall correctly. No. So it, it does seem like more like an in-system security boat than anything else. Um, so moving on to the next question, Zeus Anoxia says, with the current funding the game has sitting in the bank, how many years do you think development of the game could continue if funding stopped dead today? Nakara, this years. is going to you. Two years? I'd agree with that. Yeah. You'd be a fool not to agree uh, with Eric, to be honest. It's it's difficult not to agree with Nakara when it comes to funding and numbers. Mm-hmm. Let's use the numbers. Yeah, I, I, think that, I think that they could continue developing for two years, and I think they could finish the game to the point they need, to, need it to be finished. He said that all along. He's like, if something happens and funding stops, we can finish it. You yeah. know? We have the money. He's been saying so. that since before a hundred million, and yeah. we're well beyond that now. So. Well, he's been he's been saying that since we were at twenty three million. So you know yeah. we're now well, at one hundred twenty yeah. something. So the scope keeps changing. So that you, you got to take the actually bricks. actually. I mean, I understand the scope changed a lot for a long time, but I don't think it's changing anymore. It's it's well, actually it's because, stopped. Is that because they, because Aaron's on board? Yeah. No, it's because they stopped. It, it's actually because they stopped stretch goals. Yeah, when but that might be that might have, goals, yeah. that might have been because Aaron was on board. Is yeah. that when Aaron came on board? Well, Aaron came on board pretty long time ago, and he may have yeah. told yeah. told uh, Chris like, "Dude." <laughs> well, I, I think it's also when when their stretch goals were, "We're going to add pets." They were yeah. like, "Okay, we've scraped the bottom of the barrel now. Let's." Yep. Although pets are a pretty logical thing for an MMO, they're, they're oh, pretty def- much in every MMO. I want a cat on my ship. I just um, also want that cat to survive if my ship gets blown up. Cats are quantum well, fuel. 
Uh, oh god, Mr. Mitten. So, Do- Doom Centurion. Uh-huh. Doom Centurion asks, did you see the Gamers Nexus Q&A? Yes, I did, actually. The Gamers Nexus articles the past week or so have been some of the best articles about uh, Star Citizen, period. Their interviews were excellent. The Q&As were were well done. The articles around the videos were were well written up, and I applaud them wholly. Yep. You know, I know we don't want to talk about the other thing that came up, but I have to say the last bit of the of the of the other thing that last installment. I just want to say that the ending I'm just saying of, of, of all of it it was actually it was actually pretty decent and balanced so and no, I wasn't I disagree with that entirely <laughs> she and basically me, said she basically said at the end that the game is going to fail you I'm can kidding. you can do kidding. it's a joke okay okay you can do, you can do all the, the decent investigative reporting that you want if you end your report with it's basically not coming out yeah yeah no I'm, there's I'm something you. wrong with you no, no, no i'm with you it, 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 it's a joke it's a joke okay because i've seen a lot of people jumping on board that one saying oh this one's really really search and no i'm sorry but the end. it's yeah. It's a series of hit pieces that are done by a failing and dying. Let let them do whatever they want to do. People can make their own minds up. It's fine for them to put their own opinions out there. The game speaks for itself. Sorry, I had to to stir the pot a little bit. Didn't realize I started up that only thing. The only thing you need to know about the entire week of articles is the second one. The fact that they yeah. they published it basically yeah, yeah. discounts everything that they did. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's let's move on back to questions. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Also, <laughs> great <Greenhead> gamers <laughs> on. Job. Hey. Job, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, GHG. He's he's great. Oh god. There's okay. been there's actually been a ridiculous amount of questions. Um, yep. Rivals. How do you feel about them simulating weather on planets? Really good. Awesome. Uh, I think that's amazing. I think it's going to be really cool to watch from orbit and then like fly down through a storm. Um, yep. it's going to be really neat to see. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I also really like that they're going to let the weather form as a consequence of the biomes. So, you know, rainforest and swamp and stuff will create more humid conditions, you know, like that. I think that's really cool. It, it's, it's funny that we're like, oh yeah, there's going to be weather like for by like, it's just the little tiny things that are like, this is ancillary to most of the game. You know, there's seasons as uh, well, right? Yeah. But the, the little tiny things on planets that are ancillary to like 90% of the game will actually be playing. Cause we'll be in space are yeah. more detailed than most games that take place entirely in like a 10 kilometer squared location on a planet. Like it's just, it's insane. Um, See, it, it is insane, but you know, I have to tell you, I don't, think that we're going to sp- I, I think there's going to be a whole group of players they're going to spend their time moored on planets than than we realize yep. you know especially if they're going to be able to go the uh you know the star wars galaxies route and build homesteads and that kind of yep. thing I think we're going to see a lot more of that i, I actually I, think that that's me i yeah. actually think that there will be um i think that was a really good decision by by cig to to go the direction of being able to have player housing or player built things because mm-hmm. the sheer amount of space that they will have on planet sides because they are doing full planets uh 
is insane. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, you, you can have millions of players and they'll still have enough room for each person to have their own little pocket of land somewhere in the Star Citizen universe because there is so much land. Um, uh, so I wanted to... Uh, I, I thought that was, that was a great decision by them. I want to do a quick rapid fire. We're going to go around and each person is going to answer one question in line. We're going to do that twice just to get through some of these. No. Uh, so Doom Centurion asks, uh, Shiver, how many tears will you cry uh, since you won't be at CitizenCon? None, because I'm going to sit here and I'm going to roast the daylights out of everyone there. Good call. Uh, Rivals asks, uh, Michael, how do you think CIG will solve the problem of ships entering orbiting planets? Explosions. We're going to Michael Bay that shit. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Moving along. Uh, Nakara, Rivals asks, do you think CIG will release a few prologue missions instead of Squadron 42? No. Uh, Shiver, Doom Centurion asks, how do people fall in love with a ship that has zero info out there? Well, he has info. Why did you ask me that? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, you're the next one in line, man. No, no, ask yourself that one. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I'll field it if you want. You can field it. Because it's a dream. A dream within a dream. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I think it's the same thing. That people, why do people like games that they barely see anything about or anything like that? As I can speak to, you know, something and having, you know, a game that nobody knows anything about. I, I think that people see themselves in the role and they see the potential for the ship and they already make a lot of these, uh, these things up in their in their own head, you know, is what they're going to do with it. And especially with a game like Star Citizen, you know, they, they can see the potential, but they also see themselves in it and all the things they're going to do based on what the rest of the game has already promised or is in the middle of delivering. So I think that's a big part of it. It's just... There, there's a game coming out in November yeah. called Space Hulk Deathwing. It's a Warhammer 40k game. There's literally no information about it aside from like one or two trailer videos and I don't care. I've already bought it. That's because we <laughs> 40k nerds are, are the same it's, way. It's all, it's, all, it's all wish fulfillment. I don't care. I just want to shoot things in a 40k universe. Like, as long as it's better than the last Space Hulk game, which yeah. I really should have review for. Let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> was that the there, same Denastrum. one that was on the 3DO? And the Jaguar? Denastrum asks, Shiver, how much rhubarb will a Polaris be able to carry? Uh, I've heard it's over four. But it depends on whether or not you want to use one of the cargo bays as a hydroponics bay and grow your own rhubarb. Then, oh, then it's so a lot there more. Are multiple cargo bays. I'm uh, assuming because of the size of the ship, it would be silly to only have one bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. That's <laughs> it. Uh, so I really hope the only bay in the Polaris isn't Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our holiday seventeen asks Nakara, what percentage of stuff do you think CIG has kept completely hidden from us? Do you think there are many ships that might be done or close to it that we've never seen or heard of? Twenty eight point seven percent. What's that, Mike? Uh, okay, I said I said twenty eight point seven percent. 
I think, uh, for example, that there will be at least two ships revealed at CitizenCon for purchase. One will be the Polaris, which will be out of most people's price range, and one will be a lower price uh, ship, which will be in people's price range. That's my... Oh, you uh, know, I bet it's going to be... It might be the Hoplite. Or the Prowler. Really? I mean, I yeah, they, might, they might sell the Hoplite, yeah. The Hoplite <laughs> well, the well, caterpillar yeah. might be ready. Yeah, it might be ready. Yeah, yeah I've been wondering about that myself. This is this is going to be one of the biggest citizen cons, right? Yeah. So they're going to want to come out swinging. They're going to come out swinging with the Polaris, with maybe a hoplite because it's a variant. The caterpillar going on sale again because it's flyable in universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, another ship, maybe the Prowler. The Herald is close to ready. Let's what about just, the? What about the? Um, uh, the, 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 oh, fuck's sake. What is it? The, um, the exploration, the Connie exploration, uh, oh, the Aquila, the Aquila? Yeah. Yeah, because we've seen that in, we've seen that in, uh, in screenshots. So this last, yeah. uh, well, this and, last in, show. and in video in the, the latest yeah. show, like, it's right. getting close. It's getting close. Yeah. Uh, um, so the other Zane, thing I, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Zane asks, do you think there's any chance of another look at the merchantman happening this year? More art, interior art, anything? No. No, I don't think they're going to do that until next year. I think it's uh, still on the back burner until some other ships get finished. Until the, until a Banu race is done, they need to finish the race first before they can mm-hmm. finish the ship. They need to get the aesthetic down. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Zeus Anoxia asks, Shiver, would you like to see missions where a herald is dispatched to a location to serve as a temporary comm station when the permanent station gets taken out? Look at this dude with all the good questions, man. We've got yeah, some people I, that ask questions, actually. I guess so. I mean, it, as long as I can shoot the Herald at some point, I'm I'm down with that. <laughs> Whatever the Herald wants to do, as long as it gets under my reticle, I'm down with that. So what I thought would be kind of cool is if you if you served that way, it would be really interesting if you could, you know, especially given its nature and the fact that it's a Drake ship, maybe filter the traffic and maybe keep some of it, keep some of it for yourself. Why not change well, sure. it as well? Oh, look, here are the bank records. I'll keep those. Mm. <laughs> I'm wondering if they're going to have a, a minigame um, connected to that, which I know we're already loaded to the gills with minigames already, but I kind of feel like you have to for this sort of thing. Well, Data you sorting. Can, you're going to have to have some kind of gameplay attached to info ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be. Well, I mean, like um, the actual extraction of information from data. Yeah. And well, just just this week in Reverse the Verse, they were talking about how, let's say, you have two uh, two somethings, two prospectors, let's say, and they're excuse me linked together, and they're both scanning an asteroid field linked together, so they each see woof, so they each see what each other's scanning, and then you've got a herald sitting outside of the asteroid field mm-hmm. with a like scanning them discreetly. And stealing the information from them. And they find uh, an asteroid that's full of gold. It's like a pure gold asteroid. And they're like, we can mine this shit or we can go and sell it. And the Herald's already gone because it's super yeah. fast. And it's already on the yeah. way to sell that shit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That 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 will exist. They've, mm-hmm. uh, they already know that that's important. It's going to exist. Um, the next question I'm going to ask because it comes from Jim, the instance manager. And I've missed Jim. Uh, question. 
Sean Tracy does not pause when speaking continuously, no matter how long he goes. Does this mean he is an artificial intelligence like myself? No, it does not. But it does mean that you have to be an artificial intelligence to transcribe him because there's nobody harder to transcribe. <laughs> Tony Zorovac. Actually, yeah, Tony Zorovac. Uh, Tony's the hardest. Yeah, it's being, Tony's. His, his speech is incredibly information dense. The, the most most people like when I'm transcribing an RTV, most people I can like I can continue a sentence and then they start you know talking about stuff that doesn't really matter. Then they start talking about important things again, and I can just mm-hmm. like weave the important things together. Mm-hmm. With Tony Zurovec, every single word is important. Yep. Well, yeah. You, yeah. you can't miss a single word. It's I I love it when Tony's on. I also hate it. Remember transcribing no, Tony information and quickly. You you, you turn a, it down to fifty percent, but his speed—it's like a normal person talking anyway. And yeah, just, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I, I got to say, as somebody who, who is a citizen as much as you know anything else, um, I really appreciate you guys doing the uh, TLDRs, especially as well as the rest of the transcription. But it's nice not to have to sit through video uh, every week if I if I can't. Especially as busy as I am, so thank you for that. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Transcript you're, you're team, do a great job. Welcome. You should yeah, uh, we'll pass that along to CS. Yep, yeah, everyone should thank CS. CS is actually the the one who began the TLDRs. Yeah. Um, yep, Canadian syrup. Yep, Canadian syrup is uh, is the bomb. <laughs> Canadian syrup. Canadian syrup. Yeah. No. He's, uh, yeah. Just as a user, let me say thank you. You're you're very welcome. I uh, I hate to take away traffic from CIG shows because I know that they do a lot of shows and I know they're important and I know that it's for most shows it's actually better to watch them live because there's yeah. information that we can't possibly capture. But at the same time, they have a lot of shows. So if we can help the people that can't watch, you know, four hours of video a week, we're glad to. You know, Doom Centurion makes a good point here in the in the, in the stream. He says that uh, for deaf deaf folks can follow along. And uh, before I made video games or wrote science fiction, I was a Section Five Hundred Eight uh, subject matter expert for the, working for the government, web development, that kind of thing. And let me tell you that that is a huge thing as well yeah. for folks. Uh, one of the one of the things I'm actually most pleased about our transcript now is that we do give them all directly to CIG right after we transcribe them, and CIG uses them as um, uh, Close subtitles, caption. closed captions on all their videos. Uh, nice. And, and I'm like, we don't, we don't get anything from them. We don't charge anything for, for them. It's just something we do because we do the transcripts, and I'm, yep. I'm really pleased that we do, and I'm really glad that we can help uh, – help everyone you know take part in what CIG is doing uh so moving on sorry that guy's got the best name and he's got an interesting question Uh, great wood still further up though I know but great wood come on his name's great wood yes fine fine ask great wood great great wood by the way that, that name is great wood great wood Anyone going to CitizenCon from Great Wood? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I got video games to make. I can't go look at other people's video games. 
I got video games to talk about. Thankfully, Bidget, Bidget, the one Bidget. I'm talking about is the one that CitizenCon is for. So, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. Eh? Yep. Uh, so, Nalakondra asks, speculation on VoIP reveal. Uh, yeah, I think that we will get VoIP reveal. Uh, they actually said a while ago that with CitizenCon, there would be a reveal of all of the new suite of website tools, uh, that Turbulent have been working on. That's the entire, I get, like, we used to call it Orgs 2.0. Now I kind of want to call it Communication 2.0. But, uh, we should actually see what's being planned for Orgs and, uh, VoIP and all of that. Yeah, the entire site. Sorry about that. Uh, Tom RH asks, mind reminding me where Dolvac and Jake are since they've been off INN Live for some time now. Uh, just as Nakara was gone for a while, just as I was gone for three weeks, uh, life catches up with everyone. Uh, they'll be back when they're back. Life is uh, life is tricky that way sometimes. Life. Don't talk to me about life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here I am, oh. brain size of a planet. <laughs> <laughs> and what do they have me do? Make tea. Make tea. Hey, tea is important. Open that door for me, Marvin. Would you like me to wash my head at you? Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, so, Jim Nikara, has asked me a question. Yes. Can you can you ask that question and answer it? I will return very shortly. Mm-hmm. Go, Nakara. Go. All right. So, Jim, the instance manager, asks, when the Falcon 9 blew up, there was an article talking about a dozen or so other companies that have bought Falcon 9s. Um, and the failed launch potentially setting those back. Any other news on that front? So, it looks like their launch manifest has been delayed by about three months. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see if they do launch in November. That a lot, there's a lot of speculation and skepticism about that. Um, obviously, all the, a lot of missions will have to be postponed if and, until the rocket is cleared to launch again. Um, their launch manifest is gigantic. I think it's now worth like almost eight billion dollars. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it is, it is unfortunate. It's always the big casualty when these things happen is, you know, you don't just lose one launch, you lose six, um, or eight or ten. But, uh, in terms of actual news about which launches have been delayed until when, there really hasn't been much talk. Their first launch back, if it does happen, will be one of the CRS missions, um, the commercial resupply missions to the International Space Station. Um, November 17th. Uh, also uh, worth mentioning is the Falcon Heavy is still apparently going to be launched for the first time in the first quarter of 2017. Uh, more questions. Brivals um, so, asks, are you guys going to be doing CIG interviews, backer interviews, or both during CitizenCon? Um, we don't exactly... CitizenCon is really hectic. Uh, even CIG don't know exactly what they're able to do until like the day of so we're not sure what kind of interviews we're going to be getting but we are almost definitely going to be getting both cig and backer interviews uh we of don't know yeah. of some time we, we have no idea how it's going to be we kind of our job is to show up there ready for anything and yeah. take whatever 
is there and uh, turn it into the best thing we can. Uh, Comrade Headclot asks, do you think that we will see Squadron 42 at CitizenCon? It's actually been confirmed that we will see one mission of Squadron 42 at CitizenCon. Uh, Chris Roberts confirmed this in the second of his interviews with Gamers Nexus that was released last week. Yep. All right. Which are yeah. fantastic interviews, by the way. Everyone yep. should go watch all of them with the, the Chris Roberts ones and the Sean Tracy one. They're all yep. really good. Definitely go. Do you think they're gonna uh, Shubin or? I don't know. <coughs> I, I think they might just because they've shown us Shubin before, yeah. and how epic it would be flying past it. Like just yeah. that. That would just get in everyone's mind how big the game is gonna be, right? right? And that's something you want to get across to people. But I don't know. I would love. Yeah. I would love to see a Bengal carrier beside the beside the Shubin station. <laughs> that would nice. be pretty cool. Uh, Doom Centurion asks, "How hard am I allowed to high five you when I meet you in person at CitizenCon? I'm a big guy, and I may break your hand. Um, my left hand's already broken, so don't high five that. But if you high five my right hand, it's um, also broken. So really, I'm just gonna die either way. Is your hand There's broken? Because that's the hand you slapped me with right? twice last year. Yes. <laughs> so." Uh, I have to find out who I'm slapping this year. I can't. I can't. Well, like, me, obvi- me, obviously. No, I can't slap you. You're too nice. All right. Slap you. uh, it's no, it's me. Okay. Um, how hard are you allowed to high five me? As hard as you feel like. Don't put him back in recovery. Gear, you can do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> Evo. Evo Streams asks, uh, "What in the world would be left to show at the anniversary stream and the holiday stream?" Any speculation uh, on that? First of all, there you, there isn't usually an anniversary stream. Uh, the holiday stream. I'm thinking probably 3.0, um, and anything in the future that might show jump points at that point. That might show other systems that they've started to build. Um, they might show new ships. Because you have to remember, once there's a huge team of a huge ship team that's only working on Squadron Forty Two ships right now. Once mm-hmm. they once they roll off of Squadron Forty Two ships, the mm-hmm. other ships will start to come along very quickly. Yeah, especially with the pipelines <clears throat> established as they are, the design, uh, the aesthetic, uh, bibles laid down, yep. all that stuff. And they're using a lot of uh, general components as well in the, in the 3D models, if I recall correctly. Yeah, so I mean that makes the yeah. construction of uh, makes construction of these ships a lot easier as well. Yeah, they're they're, they're building like module sets for each of the manufacturers, and then they can sort of just the, like the interiors are all very similar between like if mm-hmm. it's all the same manufacturer. Yeah, and um, modular modular stations, modular ground bases, everything is modular, which makes it easier for them to build it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, very interestingly, it makes it easier for players to build it in the future. Okay. Um, the reason it, the, the reason the whole player built stuff is possible is because the buildings and the space stations are and the satellites are modular. I, I get such a big Star Wars Galaxies, like original Star Wars Galaxies, before Sony screwed it up. Feeling from from lots of the planet side stuff that Star Citizen have been announcing, and it makes me really, really happy. Because like Star Wars uh, Galaxy is great. Like yeah, that crazy uh, 
Is it the Idris that was crashed on the planet in the desert with the yeah. with the cloth waving around? That, and did, the, that yeah. didn't look that didn't God. look like the Force Awakens at all. No, no, not at all. No. Nope. So, uh, Fast Cart asks, who's going on a CIG tour and can I carry you on my cart so I can <laughs> see? Uh, <laughs> actually, pretty much all of, all of INN is, uh, going on a CIG tour. Uh, now, we can't, we're not gonna have any content from it really because we're not allowed to bring on cameras. We'll ask them if there's anything we'll be allowed to talk about, but the answer is probably gonna be no because it's, I mean, it's a tour. You're not allowed to talk about what you see on the tour. So, uh, we are going on a tour, but we're going to not be allowed to talk to you about it at all. So there you go. Except to say that we went on a tour. And to say that it was awesome because every single person that I've met that has anything to do with CIG has been a great, great person. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim asks, will there be a drinking game during Citizen Con where a drink is taken every time the word fidelity is used? Yes, that's our drinking game for, for uh, the presentation. Eris plays his, his own drinking game where every time a word is used, he drinks. <laughs> that was a lot of words. Uh, I've, I've played that game before. I ended up fighting, fighting a fish in a tank. Wow. Yes. One, of my be- one of my best friends once fought a tree. What? Where does a fish get a tank from? How do you let a fish in an army base? No, no, no. Imagine me bending over into a fish tank, and not breathing, mind you, and yelling into the water, trying to punch goldfish for being too loud. Wow. That's I have cute. some good drinking stories, but they've been a long, way, a long time ago. Wow. Another of my best friends, I, was, I had a laptop, and I was installing Neverwinter Nights, one, the original Neverwinter Nights on a laptop, and one of my friends was so drunk that he got angry at the laptop because it was making too much noise because the CD was spilling, spinning, yep. because CD drives still existed back then, that he tried to grab the laptop and break it over his knee, and it took three of us sitting on him to restrain him from, from like, smashing my laptop. It's about noise, which is funny because we're usually the one making it. Exactly. Um so Doom Centurion has another question here. We've seen the jump point mechanic pre-visualization, but we will will we get more information on them by the end of the year? No. Yes. yes. Jump points to yeah. another system, which isn't going to come yeah. until next year. Yeah, well, and isn't hours. needed in, and isn't in, even needed for Squadron. Shiver Bathory information information. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Well, we won't have them in game. It's, it's no, gotta be in, it's gotta be in planning, though. Oh, it's oh yeah. So they, for three point they've got so much already laid out. They started building them like a year and a half ago. So yeah, yeah. I imagine yeah, they're probably be, done and just ready to be shown. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> uh oh. Oh, there's a test drinking game. Take a sip when someone mentions fidelity or when they mentions procedural. There are audio issues with the stream. Chris Roberts yells, Jared, red one. A planned release is coming soon, TM. Someone dies during the demo or Twitch chat goes ballistic with Kappa, Rip, F, etc. Take a shot when the live stream start is delayed. Oh my, how many shots do you have to take? Uh, a drunken guy yells during the live stream. Chris Roberts <laughs> states a definite release date. A new feature uh-huh. or ship? Oh my, take a shot when a new feature or ship is revealed. <clears throat> uh, Chris Roberts yells bullshit. 
I don't think that's going to happen this year. A ship crashes or rams into something that will happen this year. That would be test. or or test because this is test. Take yes. a shot whenever you damn well feel like it. I approve of that one. You will see. It'd be but... fun. Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, James Grimswolf, uh, what what live streams, podcasts, and other info sources should I be watching over the next week during and after CitizenCon? Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of Twitch streamers that are covering it. I know a lot of Twitch streamers will actually be there. Uh, I know that Shiver is going to be running a Inside the Verse right here. Uh, he's going to have a pre-stream and a post-stream and a watch during the CitizenCon stream will be slash hosting the CitizenCon stream so that you can chat in a, uh, a Twitch chat that doesn't have 100,000 viewers in it so that you can actually have conversations. So uh, you can come here if you want. You might say a pre and post cards stream. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. Uh-oh. Thank David... You. David, I even David's have to do it. Not I'm a backer. Me. I fire you. Yeah. One less thing to do. <sighs> <laughs> oh, my. Wow, we've almost run out of questions. Fastcart asks, who's excited about Twitch Prime? Yeah. I think oh, if you get excited about Twitch Prime, you need other things in your life to get excited about. Like Citizen mm. Con. Um... Cyberwolf74 asks, when the show they... uh, Will they show shooting of animals in the version 2 multi-biome planetary demo? I don't know if they'll have... I don't know if they'll have... Enough as they are. Sorry, what were you going to say, David? I don't know if they're going to have any animals in the demo yet at CitizenCon. I don't think that the 3.0, like the the planetary version 2 planets will have animals on them yet uh animals aren't likely to be needed at all for squadron 42 those are a long-term goal for star citizen not squadron 42 you're also going to need the ai subsumption in place for animal behaviors which we haven't even got people behaviors first right i think Uh, uh, did somebody ask earlier about uh whether or not uh chris roberts said it was going to take another three years for star citizen to be where they want it to be Someone said it would. Um, it's going to be released in 2019. Uh, yeah. Someone said that Chris Roberts set a 2019 release date for Star Citizen in an interview. I haven't actually listened to the interview. Uh, but to be well, honest, the entire time I've been expecting late 2018 for Star Citizen itself. That's what, that's what I expect. And, you know, <laughs> for us, for the backers, for people here, it kind of doesn't matter. No. Um, once there, once we have a few systems in and mo- and there's gameplay in there, we're mm-hmm. gonna be playing the game. I mean, just a matter of expanding scale. Yeah, yeah. I, at some point it's gonna come to a release, but I think the release for us is gonna be fairly anticlimactic because, like, one of the things with most MMOs is you'll have like a two-week beta, and it has everything in the game already in, and then you'll have release two weeks yeah. later. Most yep. MMOs don't like you don't have the slow building process in most MMOs. No one gets to play that. We do. So Star Citizen release for us, for the people that have already backed, for the people that are in it, 
Star Citizen release for us is almost 3.0. Like yeah. that's that's the significant that's one of the significant releases. We're going to have a dozen releases or more. And that's that's one of the problems when you look at when you look at uh, Star Citizen Alpha 12. Well, when <laughs> you look at things when you look at things like Kotaku that says I don't expect a release. When you look at when you look at something like that Kotaku article that says we don't expect a release anytime in the next while of Star Citizen, what are you talking about? Are you talking about Star Citizen the MMO, which will in essence be released in an alpha form at 3.0 and will continue expanding on and then there will be a beta release probably late next year or early 2018? Or are you talking Star Citizen, which is probably gonna release this year or early next year? What are you talking about? Star Citizen is different from any other game. Every other game, you can say this is the release date. Star Citizen, you can't because it's being developed different than any other game. It's like Minecraft. Minecraft. When was the release there date you go. for that's Minecraft? A good, that's a good example. Because you know, everybody, oh, everybody I, already owned Minecraft before it was released. What, what uh, was well, the that's, the, that's the thing. Like, well, the, it was about, it was in beta for about two and a half years before it was released. Yeah. Um, that's basically what I see Star Citizen doing. The beta is going to be incredibly long. It'll just it'll exist in beta state for years, adding features and adding planets and adding systems and adding everything. Mm-hmm. You know, but until like, it gets to a, a final state, and then they'll release it. But like uh, for Minecraft, but, eh. the release, even after the release, they've still kept updating it, haven't they? Like the release of Minecraft meant absolutely nothing because it was. It was just the game it was the week before. There was no change. It was just, oh, we're going to arbitrarily say this is release candidate. This is the release game. It's going to be the same with Star Citizen. There's not going to be a big change. The only big change with Star Citizen is that before the release, there's going to be Project Pitchfork. David. David. Sorry. Deep Sorry. Deep Operation. Breath, but... Operation. Pitchfork. Yeah, Sorry. Project Operation. Pitchfork's a band. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I think, though, I, I, I think I think you're right. Rather than extrapolate this into a 2019 release date, I think what we're going to see now, as a developer, this is what I would do, mind you. But I am not Chris Roberts, and I do not. I'm not sitting on Scrooge McDuck's gold ball. I would personally, I would personally release in another year some, you know, like the you know, the Stanton system and all that, and additional all these additional mechanics that we're working out, and then as you say. Yeah, as a beta that people can play, the playable beta that people can you know work with, and let that be the first, the first benchmark, and then things expand from there. So that when he says it's not going to be in a state that I'm happy with until twenty for the next three years, I don't think that means we're going to wait for three years to get a final release. I think it's just going to keep growing because there's a hundred systems. He's always said that this is he his plans for Star Citizen. It's a ten year plan for star citizen of of new squadron 42 games a squadron 42 game release every two years for the next uh six years and then one new one every year after that yeah there's there's, the the plan for this that uh, zeus does point out it wasn't a hard 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 release date it was an an approximate and that's fair enough well no i you know like Honestly, it doesn't surprise me to, that it would take that long. 
Okay, people don't get that, especially especially places like Kotaku. They they never, never, ever, ever figure this out. It doesn't even like congeal in their brain. There was no studio when they started making the game. They're like, oh, it's been in development for five years. No, it has six guys in a basement. Even even four years ago, it was six guys in a basement. I don't know what that fifth year was, but. And, you know, they didn't have a fully up and running studio until 2014. You know, it's the the first year. The first year was what we've heard is that there's still legacy code written by Chris Roberts originally five years ago when he was preparing for that demo. Like -hmm. there's stuff that he wrote back then still. That was the first year. It was Chris Roberts himself writing and doing like inside CryEngine. But yeah. it's um, you know, yeah, the five years thing is 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 a BS way to to calculate it. But you know, if you do look at things like that, like if you look at them that way, Fallout Four took eight years. Um, yeah. and because Overwatch be- took ten, was canceled as Project Titan, and then became Overwatch and took another what two? Yeah, yeah. Twelve years. Well, Breivolt says I can't say that because um, because CR said it. I can say it because people don't. When people say in development, they usually mean in an active, heavy development. Um, right. So you can so you can make it sound really bad by saying five years. Um, For example, uh, the, our game is was has been in development for a year, but only in heavy heavy development for say six months. Yeah, yeah, if that. So you know. Um, and the other problem there is that most like Fallout 4 is a good example. It took eight years and they had a studio. They had a studio full of people who had worked together on multiple games. It was all fully formed. It was funded. Everything was organized. It was good to go. It took them eight years to make it. They even had an engine ready to go off the shelf that CIG did not. They had an engine that they could literally just plug stuff into, and it worked perfectly. Um, so, Bribles says construction- perhaps a distinction should be made, and I think that's the point we're trying to make: is a distinction should be made exactly. in that this is not you can't you can't say oh it's been in development for five years why isn't it out one. It's not just about development of the game. It's development of the teams that are building the game as well. Look at look at how how if you wanted Star Citizen to look at how it looked in that first Kickstarter video, go back and watch that. They could have been done that in, in two years. No Very, problem. The first stages of developing a game, uh, you don't really have anyone sat in front of a computer typing zeros and ones into a terminal. You're developing no. backstory. You're developing mm-hmm. the reasons, and yeah, you aren't coding anywhere near yet. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So there's two things that had to happen first before star citizen went into true active, like serious heavy development. And it was the team and the engine. They're both there now, but really it's, you know, January, 2014, they had a hundred staff. When did Frankfurt come into play? Uh, last year. So 2015, um, January, 2014, they had a hundred staff. So I sort of look at that as their real sort of starting point. 
Um, but that's only two and a half years ago or two and three quarter years ago, whatever you want to say. It's not five. Um, so it's sort of a, I wouldn't really be, I honestly, I wouldn't even be discussing it. It wouldn't be a problem if the, these articles didn't keep hitting on them for why haven't you released? It's been five years. Why haven't you released? It's been five years. Well, uh, we haven't released cause the game's not done. You know, <laughs> there's something there's something I really want to talk about really quickly because we're already over time. But there's something I really want to talk about with all these articles is that what what does a, an organization like Kotaku cover anymore? Because games do their own publicity. And you know who else who does game publicity now? Twitch, Twitch streamers. Yep. It used to be that a game producer would do all of the work on their own, and then they'd go to a publication like IGN or Kotaku and get them to talk about the game. That isn't necessary anymore. You go directly to Twitch streamers. You go to people themselves. Um, mm. I just wanted to mention uh, a good – sorry, Shiver. Uh, no. Do you want to go ahead? No, I think um, David pretty much also, said it. I also followed the development of uh, Solaris recently because uh, I, I mean, it's perfect game for me. Um, you know, forex space strategy, it's awesome. But um, you know, they did all of their own stuff for that game. They wrote every week. They had they had a big write up that was a developer um, um, like blog and. Yeah. They talked about a different subject every week. They released them like clockwork every week. Every week they had Twitch streams which showed off their latest build. It was hot off the presses. They would play the game. Um, they did all their own stuff. They didn't need a magazine. They connected directly with their audience. And that's what people are doing these days. Well, so you I'll, have to- I, I will say this. The democratization of uh, this kind of coverage is very important, absolutely. But I do think that there's a very large segment of uh, gamers that still follow the, um, you know, these these trade yeah. these, the trade magazines or whatever you want to call it, because they don't have time to dig into all that stuff. They don't have time to go look this stuff up. They don't have time to follow Twitch streams and all that sort of thing. So I, I do think that these are always these uh, ga- you know, magazines, Kotaku, P- PC Gamer, that kind of thing. They're always going to have a place as a clearinghouse of information. But I also think that people need to be aware that, uh, like m- all the rest of modern television, gen- uh, te- television journalism, and that kind of thing, there is always going to be some kind of message behind it. And as long as people, if people want the real raw stuff, they do have to go straight to the source. Mm-hmm. It's you have to wonder why they're writing the articles they are calling them the things that they are. The titles are interesting. And honestly, the articles themselves are clearly biased on a they're trying to make a point and the point that they're trying to make. And I don't know, maybe someone else can do this because it's entirely speculation for me. But maybe you look at, you know, who owns Kotaku and who owns the people that own Kotaku and whether or not they run any publishing companies. Star Citizen is doing something different and Kotaku doesn't like it. Well, uh, one thing one thing I wanted to mention, and this really came up as curious to me when I was doing my investigations into like very preliminary investigations into uh, Kotaku for my for my article that I wrote. Um I want to make a very interesting comparison. First of all, I want to say that I don't think Elite Dangerous was a particularly good game. 
Um, it's not. And I don't, and I really, really, really think I, and I don't have any direct evidence of this, but based on their behavior, I really think frontier ran out of money. And that's why they released when they did. That's why it was incomplete when it was released, so on and so forth. That's why they um, spent so much going to Xbox rather than actually, you know, making the things they promised for PC versions. Yeah, they, they needed money, and it was pretty obvious. I think it's also why the expansion is so expensive. Um, but, uh, okay, Kotaku had two articles. One was called The Troubled Development of Star Citizen, right? Yeah. There's an Elite Dangerous article that's remarkably similar, and it's called The Making of, of Elite Dangerous. Yeah. It's just... You it, look at those two titles, and you're like, well, obviously you have, you have, a, you have a, a, an agenda here, you know? And that bothers me. Yeah. Gaming publications, uh, any, any media outlet, really, uh, any and every, inclusive, uh, has... Yeah. A viewpoint and a stand and it's now becoming to the point now oh i don't like the way uh x magazine views this thing i like the way that y magazine views it and everyone's now just trying to appeal to a certain customer rather than just trying to necessarily give an opinion on a game i mean back in back in my day when i actually used to there was a damn good reason to pick up a pc magazine you would see PC game reviews that went as low as nine or as went as high as 93. And, you know, you might not necessarily have agreed with the rating of the thing, but if it got a nine, it was a terrible game. When was the last time you ever saw a game get nine out of a hundred in this modern day? Here's, here's <laughs> the thing. No, uh, and this is something I want to bring up really quickly before we end. Doom Centurion brings up that I think it's fair to say that Star Citizen had some trouble during development. Um, yeah. It did. What doesn't? When what one? What doesn't have trouble during development? And how many articles cover other things? And two, when? When did Star Citizen have troubles in development? Was it this year? Is it recent? No, it's a year and more ago. Why bring it up now, right before release? It's going to be showing off the culmination of four plus years of development history. Why bring it up now? There is a reason to bring it up now. Why not release this when the troubles were relevant? Well, There's no, a, no. You know, well, the, re- the reason to bring it up now is so that they get more more clicks and views, obviously. Um, the the issue is that I the issue I have with it is that they talk about the trouble development of Star Citizen, but the troubles they bring up in the article are troubles that every developer has, even yeah. de- even. Even well-established, good developers like Bethesda, they, they have these same issues. The pro- So there's nothing special about these issues, so I don't understand why they're reporting it on it. Well-established. And, and again, I keep bringing... Yeah. Michael, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, real talk, and I keep bringing it back to... Uh, I know I keep bringing it back to my game, but uh, that's, you know, I'm a developer, and that's, that's what we keep coming on to. Uh, we had to throw out an entire build... Part of the reason why we only we, we released the demo with just a few levels, other than the fact that you know we didn't want to keep spending money on something that uh, may or may not get funded, we had to throw out an entire build because of uh, it, you know we went down the wrong path, and um, I that kind of thing happens all the time, you know, and I I now mind you I'm not I don't 
quite see the same conspiracies that David does, but uh, and some of the, some of you guys do. But of course, now mind you, I'm I'm not so mired in the uh, in the in the reporting about the game as other people are. But uh, for me, I mean, I really feel that this is. Uh, as I said, I think I think it's part of modern media culture. It, we do have a very message-based cult of media culture, and I think that I don't know that there's a bogeyman out for Star Citizen necessarily, but I do think that now, after four years or so, we are the game itself has become popular enough and has gotten enough got enough public opinion and enough public attention that we're seeing what a lot of games games get anyway. And the fact that it, it is outside the system, the fact that it is independently funded and for such a large amount, we're it kind of begs to be begs to be uh, stabbed at. I mean, I hate, I hate that, but that's, you know, I, CIG is ripe for this kind of behavior. I don't necessarily think it's uh well, I don't I necessarily ag- think it's like I don't think they're getting a Hearst treat that the uh, the the William Randolph Hearst treatment. I think that they're just they're they're the tall poppy, and the tall poppy is getting you know, is getting sawed at. What I, my issue with it is that if you look at like I, I read Gamespot a lot, you can hate them or love them or whatever. It's just my go to gaming news site. Um, just be, mostly because it has been for fifteen twenty years. Um. One of the things they tend to not do almost ever is give a negative opinion on a pre-release game. They will preview it. They'll say these are the interesting things about it. But even if a game looks bad, they won't say that it looks bad because they don't want to have a they don't want to have a biased opinion before release. Almost every preview is positive and gives off the interesting things about the game. So that's one another thing that really struck me about Kotaku's articles is it's like they're delving into all these negative things, and I'm like, "What do you like?" Uh, I don't do understand. Do that for any understand. other alpha? Exactly. Have they you done don't that do for any that other for alpha any other game. That's my problem. Is it, it? Well, yes, it is. It's this big, it's this big showy thing because they have the, the crowdfunding money, and the, it's talked about a lot. But you should at least treat it the same as the other AAA games that may that are have two hundred and fifty million dollar budget. They're treating it like it's launched and like it's launched and it launched yeah. poorly. It hasn't launched. It's an alpha. Treat it yeah. like an alpha. Treat it like I I don't know like Minecraft just, circa two thousand eight. No one no <laughs> one went on like I don't know. anyway. I'm gonna stop us here. I kind of like uh, <laughs> Jim's no. I kind of like Jim's Jim's. Uh, idea of us doing an actual soapbox episode <laughs> devoted entirely to just this maybe we'll do one when we get back from citizen con but until then um well citizen con is next so citizen con kind of comes first um i want to thank everyone for watching uh, i want to thank everyone for for hanging out i want to thank everyone who's going to listen to this on the youtubes and on the soundclouds and everywhere else uh michael Thanks so much for being on. I'd like oh, everyone. Oh yeah, thanks to, for having me. Yeah, it was it was great to have you on. I'd like everyone to go check out Grumpy Witch because it's uh, well, there's a great demo of it. I think it's a good looking game, and I, I think you should all give it a chance. Um, Eric and Shiver, well, you guys are kind of indebted to me for life anyway, so I don't need to thank you for being <laughs> on. But thank you for being on. Um, Love to be on again for non-Grumpy Witch related things. <laughs> We'll have you on awesome. again to just, just talk Star Citizen. Why not? Um, Writing, yeah. that kind of thing, whatever. 
I will. Yeah, I will, looking forward yeah. to seeing. Uh, looking forward to seeing more stories too. Eventually. And and uh, when does your next book come out again? Uh, November. November seventeenth is the street yeah. date for my nice. for my uh, fourth novel. Perfect. So we'll, uh, well, maybe we'll talk around then. Uh, I'll see you guys at CitizenCon. Anyone that's going, anyone that's not, check out INN for all your CitizenCon-related coverage. And, uh, hey. Inside the Verse next week? Inside the Verse next week will be, uh, there will be an Inside the Verse. There will also be a CitizenCon. Are you going to be doing Inside and a CitizenCon or just merge Inside and CitizenCon? Question. Whatever people want me to do, I can do. Okay, there's going to be an Inside the Verse Saturday regular time with Shiver and whoever he manages to bring up. There will also be a pre-stream for CitizenCon on Sunday with Shiver and whoever he manages to string up. Uh, tune into that. We might call in, give some impressions about CitizenCon. Who knows? Tune in. Shiver's running INN for like a week. It's going to be all the mega news. Workbench, <laughs> floppy disks. It's going to be great. Uh, with all that, uh, I will also be on the base tomorrow night, I believe, for the round table. So check that out. And uh, hey, see you guys in the verse. Thanks, guys. <laughs>